Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Tiny House Summit. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'm here with Melanie Copeland. Melanie is the national spokesperson for the Tiny House Alliance USA. Working to legalize tiny, Melanie has published Trailblazing Tiny, an ebook series, Trailblazing Tiny Tales. Her and her husband, John, built their tiny five years ago in seven days and legalized their land. They now live full-time in an 8 by 18 tiny with wheels on as a dwelling. She spends her free time backpacking, gardening, writing, and doing contract construction as a framer. Melanie Copeland, welcome to the summit. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. So, Yeah, <laughs> so appreciative that you're here. And I would love to, you know, maybe toward the end, if we have time to talk about, you know, like what Tiny House Alliance is and what they're doing. But, sure. um, you know, you had gotten in touch and, and, you know, we were talking about topics and and what i wrote down was you know how consumers can advocate for local change and right. and i know you have a lot to say on the topic so i'm going to just <laughs> rather than asking you a question i'm going to just say like go perfect all right <laughs> yeah well i I'll, I'll digress a little bit here and talk about when i first came into the tiny house on wheels movement because i joined a lot of facebook groups and i was active with people in the area and the conversations you know, a few years back really seemed to re revolve around, you know, where do we go? How do we park? Um, and trying to work with local groups to make these types of changes happen for us. And over the past couple of years, I've really seen a lot of that die off. And now we see a lot of pictures in Facebook groups and, and they're beautiful. And, oh, I'm not allowed to park here. I'm not allowed to park there. But not really citizens talking about how we can make changes in our own areas anymore. And I think part of this is has to do with we don't really understand how ordinances and things are made or what laws exist in our area because it's a really mm -hmm. confusing process. But I think that there's a massive amount of power in numbers. And I think about this movement and where it is today with technology and you can go and look at a Facebook group and it can have 100,000 people in it. And I think about what 100,000 people showing up at a planning commission would look like, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, even 500 people. Or I look at my group in Virginia. We have a, a Facebook group. It has 2,000 people. If 2,000 people showed up to a zoning hearing, what would that look like? But we lack the organization to do it because we don't understand the power that we hold as citizens. And I think in our areas, we can talk about putting in ordinances, but a lot of times I think it has to do with maybe retracting some of the, the laws that prevent us from doing things on our land, right? Mm -hmm. Minimum square footages or being allowed to park as an ADU in a backyard or creating civil agreements so that people can park on private property. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more avenues than just, oh, we have an ordinance and that's the only way that we're allowed to live. But tiny house on wheels dwellers are getting in and we're getting in on our own land because we're specifically going to our zoning officials, um, our board of commissioners hearings, <laughs> you know, we're talking to mayors, we're talking to our health department, we're talking to building inspectors and we're getting in. But we're doing it one at a time. And so mm. that's that's where I think if, you know, you have a group that you're already engaging with in the social media world, how hard is it to post, hey, I'd like to put together a group of all the people that live in this one area, this one 
you know, probably not a city because those are the least likely to adopt. But look outside the city, right? Everybody that lives in this county, let's get together. Let's start looking over what our rules are here, right? What exists already. Mm-hmm. Um, what we are interested in changing or bringing forward to a zoning meeting or a planning commissioner, board of commissioners meeting, whoever's handling yeah. that, right? And start getting some framework together because there are so many smart people in this industry and, and who are consumers. And so if you come together as a whole and you start assigning tasks out and say, hey, why don't you listen to the last meeting? And why don't you find out which person is voting for affordable housing in our area? Because that's a hot topic right now. We've got a major housing crisis in this country. So that's something that they're paying attention to. And find out who your allies are within your area. And take that group and they all need to be really, if you're going to work in groups, they need to be local. Because that's who your city mm-hmm. or county is going to care about, is who their taxpayers are. But, you know, you can work with that group, get a whole bunch of information, and start putting together an email. Right? Hey, yeah. we are, so my name is so-and-so. We have, you know, 400 people in our group that live in your area that are interested in ADUs, civil agreements, parking on our own land, what, whatever the issue is in your area or, you know, reducing mm-hmm. square foot minimums for agriculturally zoned land, right? There could be all kinds of things that could bring land rights back for citizens. And until, until it's brought to them, they're not going to prompt it on their own. Most places don't solve a problem until a, a person shows up and says, this is a problem and we want to fix it. So if you can have a group like that and you create an email and say, hey, we have so many people that are interested in doing this. We'd like to take a few of our people out of our group and we'd like to meet with you. And then in that email, put the names of the people that want to meet, right? Three, maybe three people could come to the meeting with the zoning official, but have the list of the rest of the people in the group. Be that 50 people, 100 people, 4,000 people, however many people you've got, because that's really impactful when a zoning official is sitting there going, well, now I got a thousand people that want to talk to me about tiny houses on wheels. Like, what am I going to do? And And so when you show up for a meeting like that, you can, of course, have a pamphlet of information. You want to show the benefits to the city of what's being offered. Have some information from your group that you've worked on stating, you know, what the problem is that you're trying to solve, be it affordable housing or, you know, creating a tiny house community or converting a maybe an old mobile home park into a tiny house community. Whatever's happening in that area that you're finding out about with your rules and laws that you feel like would be a great way to take a step forward. And, you know, you may sit down and talk to that zoning official and they may go, well, this is going to prevent that or this is going to prevent that. But this is what we could do. And having that flexibility to work with a, a, a zoning official or a planning commission, every step is a win, Every small step is a win. So you have to really be flexible and work within the laws for change. 
but doesn't mean that change can't happen when consumers come together and advocate for it. And I feel like that's just a really big part of the puzzle that is missing in social media right now, because we all just come together and go, where do I go? What do I do? And most people don't want to pick up and move four states away or leave their families or, you know, go retire somewhere that they've never even been before. It's scary um, when you're leaving everything you know. So a lot of us want change in our areas, but don't know how to do it. So meeting with your zoning officials um, and talking to them, then you can request that you can create a draft, right? A draft for an ordinance. You can create a draft for a change in your law to reduce, um, I guess, to reduce the, um, I don't know what it's called, <laughs> to, so that you wouldn't be prevented from doing something, right? So if square foot minimums on agricultural land are, in my county, more than 256 square feet require a permit. So maybe you could change that, right? Maybe that could be what you could work on. You could say, okay, well, we don't really want anything um, that is under 400 square feet to be required to have a permit, right? I mean, these, th these are the types of things that can be changed at a local level with with working with these systems. So um, you could start working with them and drafting. And there's usually people in these offices that create drafts. It's not something that you have to go to college for or have a professional degree in to do. And if you work with somebody in your office who's kind of an ally, you can find people that will help you create these types of things. And then you have to take that group and you have to start attending meetings. You have to start going to zoning meetings. You have to start going to the planning meetings, the city council meetings, and you have to find out who your players are in that area. Because if you really want to enact change locally, the people at the local level are the ones that are going to let you do that. And if you've got a whole bunch of people that are completely against tiny houses on wheels or affordable housing, these are people that we vote in. We vote them into these positions. So, Maybe your change as a group could be to promote voting somebody in that is going to help with affordable housing. Yeah, so if we're taking all of these groups and we're working within our area with cities and counties, we can have really impactful change, especially in the rural areas. And taking the time to figure out who we're voting for and who we're bringing in, who wants to work for this type of change is just as important as going to a meeting and speaking for change. So all of these areas, be it voting, be it, you know, changing an ordinance completely, which I would say is the most difficult thing to do, or, you know, removing things out of the law that are preventing people from living certain ways are all things that citizens can work on. And there's huge power in numbers. There's huge power in numbers. I've watched, I've watched a single woman stand up in front of a city council meeting and speak by herself with nobody else there and make changes. And if one person can do that by themselves, what do you think 20 or 30 or 40 or 100 people can do? 
And so I think as a industry coming forward, especially working with global standards and other things that citizens will be able to reference and show cities and counties um, as those roll out in the next year or two, we will start to see dramatic changes coming through. And the more prepared citizens are to have that information and use it wisely, the more beneficial this will become for cities and counties to start actually listening to us. Awesome. So, so are, are there any, I have a few follow up yeah. questions that I jotted down. The first is, is it worth, you know, looking at what other towns around you or similar towns have done and kind of trying to use those as, as a model? Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you're in a state where stuff has been passed already, you're in a really good position mm-hmm. because you're working with people who are already informed and understand what's happening. But if you're in a state where there, you know, there's nothing around you that's happening, citing and referencing other things that are going on in the industry and showing them how it's working in other areas is extremely beneficial. And so, you know, showing up to a zoning meeting, if if you have a group of 40 and three go to the zoning meeting, the three people that are coming to the meeting should definitely have information about what a tiny house on wheels is, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Pictures of it, pictures of tiny house communities, information about how they are built or standards or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're really interested in changing their minds on, right? And Mm -hmm. bringing all of that information with them and then kind of leaving a packet of information because zoning officials don't have a lot of time. They're not going to sit there and want to talk about your family and what this means to you. And I mean, that's fine and dandy if we want to talk about all that stuff as citizens. But the reality is they have boxes to check and things they can and cannot do. And that's what's going to either let you in or not at the end of the day. So telling the sad stories or I need this or I can't, it's not getting us there. We need to just go in and say, look, this is the issue that we we have in this area. This is the change we want to make and be very specific. This is how it will benefit you. And these are the other areas in our country that have either adopted something like this or are working on something like this because they're out there and there, there's a lot of statistics now to prove it. So I think the more information you bring, but you don't want to overwhelm somebody either. So you want to just be able to kind of make, maybe make a fact sheet, right? Some good statistics that you could just overall show them in what's happening in other areas um, and how that could impact that one specific area. Cause that's all they're going to care about is their area. Mm-hmm. Are there any places or groups that have done this really well that that you point to or recommend that people look at as a model? Um, So that's how I got on my land was I started with a group. Mm -hmm. Um, We went across counties and cities all in Virginia and collected a lot of information. And then we started calling zoning officials and talking to them. Um, While we didn't necessarily, you know, pass or have to change anything, the lack of regulation is what we found to let us park on our own land. So it's not necessary. I mean, there's been some of that in Florida 
there's been a couple groups in Florida that have been really progressive about pushing this stuff forward. Although it hasn't been an actual ordinance change, it has been an ADU change, I believe. And I think a couple of them have been able to park on their own land. So it just kind of depends on the area. And I know North Carolina is doing a lot of this too. They have a group that is really formulated and they're watching the people that are specifically working in these areas and going out. So there are groups that are starting to do it. It's just not as big as I think it could be, or maybe as powerful as I think it could be if people really understood how to use the tools effectively. I think the groups are there. And I, I think it just, it takes somebody to step in as a leader and say, look, you do this, you do this, you do this, and let's all go to a meeting, right? Because that's the part that's getting missed. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Or emailing that official and stating, look, we have 400 people in our area right now that want to talk about this. So it's time we meet with you. It, you know, we've got a, we've got a thousand people in our group that are working to get tiny houses on wheels, we want to talk to you because we're all here. So it's time to meet. And I think that that's the, the thing that where the advocacy for the consumer can become so powerful that we don't even realize how powerful it really is when we write a message in a Facebook group and say, I don't know where to park my house. And then there's, 30 other people that respond and say, oh, you can't go here. Or you can't go there. What if all those people were saying, let's all go to this meeting. This is when the next meeting is for our city. This is, you know, this is the time to start talking. And this is a really good time because they're really listening right now. They're really, you know, we've got the, the housing market, the interest rates going up, the rental costs are astronomical. This is a topic right now that is a hot topic for them. So if you've got people in there that are working towards this, it's time to really start bringing the consumers behind it and going, Hey, we're ready. Like it's time. And you know, so I think, I think we just don't realize that. I think we get hung up in the, you know, there's so much legislation and codes and building codes and certifications. And I, I understand because i I once looked at that and went, what in the world am I supposed to do? I'm one person. I built a house. <laughs> I just want to park it. What am I supposed to do with all this codes and crazy and stuff? Um, but these people that we elect these positions, their job is to make sure that we're safe, make sure that they're doing the things that are good economically for the area. And in essence, they're there to help us. They're there to guide us through what rules exist and, you know, listen, if it's something that a massive amount of people in their community want, they're going to take notice of it. And so most of the zoning and building departments and people that I talk to are wonderful people and genuinely are interested in this, but they don't have enough people coming forward and talking to them that they're, they're not going to bring it to the meeting themselves. We need to bring it to them. For them to start addressing it. So you mentioned before, um, I think even before we were talking that, that the Facebook groups in particular can be very much like just kind of look at all these pretty pictures or look at this house, yeah. look at that house. 
how do you kind of find your your people within those groups, the people who are actually interested in in doing advocacy, or maybe they're not in the Facebook groups at all? Where where do you go looking? Right. So when I first when I first was going tiny, we joined like a meetup group in our area. It, okay. it doesn't exist anymore. Okay. The lady didn't want to pay for it. Um, mm-hmm. But meetup groups are are active in many areas mm-hmm. and still being used. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. If And Facebook groups are actually divided out a lot by states and areas because we have Texas. Well, you have Texas Tiny House. We have Idaho Tiny Community, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Florida groups. So almost I think there's so many groups that have already been created it would take just searching your state out to find out what's already there. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not there, maybe just start a group. If you can't find anybody for that state. Um, but you can get into the groups that already exist and say, Hey, you know, how many people are in this area? Right. Just post into. So if you came into the Virginia tiny house supporters and you said, you know, I'm interested in working in Albemarle County. Um, how many mm-hmm. people in this group are in Albemarle County right now who are interested in working with me to, you know, start talking to zoning about making some changes. And you might get five people. You might get a hundred people that respond. We don't, we don't really know, but I tell you what, five people is way more than one. <laughs> And as you start working and you could share out to maybe non-specific groups, um, like I think of tiny house concepts, which has like over a hundred thousand members, even just putting a post in there and say, Hey, we're working on making this type of change in this area. If you're interested, come join us and reach out to associations. I know, you know, if somebody sent me a message and said, Hey, I'm working in California, I'm all alone. Um, I need some support. I, I know that there's California groups, but I'm working on this specifically. Could somebody blast this out? I would put that on our Alliance page. So-and-so needs, you know, some, some people to come and work with her in this area. If you're local to this area, please reach out to her here. I mean, we're happy to share those types of messages and help connect people in these areas too. Um, so I think that there's a lot of networking that could just be done right off the bat. And this is a pretty amazing community. And if somebody hops in and says, Hey, I need some help. Usually like a whole lot of people start responding to that. So I think the groups may be even bigger than people realize when they start asking for, you know, are you guys interested in doing this? Okay. So the Tiny House Alliance USA is a nonprofit. We specifically, uh, for the past two years, have been working on an initiative with ASTM to create global standards for tiny houses on wheels. We were approved for a subcommittee under E06, which is um, performance of buildings. And we will be working on that subcommittee to create specifically standards for tiny houses on wheels. We don't have any standard of our own in this industry. We, you know, will, some of builders will follow RV standards. Some will do building standards. I mean, 
fire code, all of those standards are great for buildings and stuff. But then when you go to talk to a city or a county and they say, well, what are you? Where do you fit? This is the problem is that there's nothing for us. So we don't necessarily have to recreate a whole bunch of building codes or fire codes or anything like that. But we need to bring those together under a header that says, look, this is what we are. And this is how you can work with us. And so we were approved for this. So we will, we are in the beginning stages right now of getting everything set up with ASTM on this subcommittee to come together. And the nice part about it is we can create standards for many different things because they actually approved our whole proposal. So we would be able to work for tiny houses on wheels, um, microgrid communities, standards, certifications, and getting standards out for all of these different areas that cities and counties can say, look, now we have something to work with. And if you're trying to form a group and go to a city or a county that is really against tiny houses on wheels, when these standards come out, this is going to be how they're going to be able to work with you. Because they will have something that they don't have to create. And it takes the liability off of the city or the county to try to create a standard for tiny houses when you have a global organization that's coming together and creating that for you. So there's a lot of powerful things that are coming out that are going to help consumers. And working in those groups, when these things start getting published, you will be able to start taking those to your city and county going, here you go. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> We've been meeting with you for a year, whatever it is. And we have something for you to work with. And I think that that's going to open a lot more doors too. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here. And I hope that that's helpful for a lot of people and um, encourages people to really start taking action at local levels because we really do need people stepping in and, you know, advocating for ourselves at this point for consumers. Yeah. Yeah.